0: Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info. From
1: Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Atlanta's own Black Lips is a band that keeps audiences on their toes, both literally, which you'd know if you ever landed in the mosh pit at one of their shows, and figuratively. I mean, who'd have thunk that the latest it-bag line from Gucci is named for band member Zumi Rossow? 20 years in the business, they have made unruly garage rock, rockabilly records, and sometimes sound like old country crooners. Black Lips are currently on tour, but return to Atlanta to hit the stage on the first day of the Shaky Nees Music Festival. That's on Friday, May 3rd. You are now listening to their song, Veni Vidi Vici, as we kick off our conversation with founding members Jared Swilly and Cole Alexander, joining us from the studio in Portland, Maine. Jared, Cole, Welcome.
2: Hey, how are you doing?
1: Hello. So happy to hear you. I know you're going to be in Atlanta soon. Thank you for making time for us today.
2: Oh, our pleasure.
1: So some origin stories here. You two started the band, what, 20 years ago when you were at Dunwoody High School? Or actually, maybe I should correct that. After you got kicked out of Dunwoody High School.
2: <laughs> well, we, 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 we actually were, we started the band while we were in there. We were kicked out shortly after.
1: Uh, together? Yeah. Separately? What happened?
2: We got uh, kicked out separately. Yeah, Cole was first and I was a few days later, I think.
1: So you guys were bad kids, like your song. Let's hear a little bit of that.
2: Yeah. What? Well, not, not like we were good, bad, not evil.
1: <laughs> What's the distinction there?
2: Oh, never anything with malicious intent, just like smoking cigarettes and cutting class and stuff like that.
1: So minor league bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Misdemeanors.
1: All right. Well, I want to know more about you growing up. You both worked at the Majestic, the diner on Ponce de Leon. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So what what were those early days of the band like?
2: I mean, we all lived in a big house with 10 or 11 people in a home park. It was kind of like a a frat house for people that didn't go to college. Uh, it was called Dice House. You know, we'd u- usually go on tour for about a month and then we'd have to come back home and work for a month to save up to go on tour because, well, you pretty much had to pay to go on tour because we didn't make any money.
0: Yeah, majestic was very supportive though because we'd still have a job if we left for a long time on tour and came back, we'd still have our job. So that was important for us to have that, that stability since we weren't making money touring.
2: But I always knew that this is what I was gonna do Uh, I liked, you know, the majestic and all that, but, you know, I kind of wanted to be on the road and be making records.
1: And Jared, you come from a long line of preachers, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, my grandfather, uh, all my great uncles, uncles, all that. I mean, I guess I'm still kind of in the preaching business in a sense.
1: Well, I wondered about that. Do you, you do you feel like that? Do you feel like you are, you know, spreading the gospel of a certain kind?
2: Spreading, you know, just good vibes and trying to get people to have a good time, um, I mean, it's essentially the same line of work. Uh, you know, they all played music on stage, um, so I was all very used to it. I guess it's in it's in my blood. All my favorite musicians cut their teeth in the pulpit and in church.
1: Well, there's one particular musician I understand, the Mighty Hannibal, another Atlanta native, funk musician, soul musician. He was a kind of a mentor to you, wasn't he, Jared?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was my mentor. He, he always called me his protege. We became real good friends after we did a show in New York City in like 2004 or something. And then I, he hadn't been back to Atlanta since the 70s, so I arranged for him to come back and we were his backup band. And Pretty much, I've talked to him at least once a day, every day until you know until he passed a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, I have to say, his hymn number five, I think is one of the greatest protest songs ever written.
2: I want somebody to tell my mother and go down yonder Georgia and tell my father that I'm way over here, crawling in these trench holes covered with blood. But one thing that I know, there's no tomorrow fantastic. Movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think that one is the one that kind of got him blacklisted from radio though.
1: Yeah, people uh, wouldn't play it. Well, I'm thinking that you you make a nod as a band to so many different kinds of music, to rock and roll, to blues, soul, psychedelica, punk. Um, maybe I would even argue country. I think there's a lot of great country sort of theme in your music. I've even yeah, heard big a co- time. Do you, is that something that you grew up thinking of and 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 listening to when you were a kid?
2: I pretty much like all kinds of music. I mean, it tends to be more outsider music and more like raw stuff. And country has a lot of that. We're actually kind of working on. Or we just finished a country record now. Um, well, our interpretation of country. It's not purest by any means. But you know, we always you know we we like a lot of different rec- kinds of records and kinds of music and country is something I kind of came up on, as well as, you know, gospel and rock and roll. Yeah, a lot of
0: traditional, like, Southern American art forms were influential. Yeah. What,
1: are, what are some records that people who would like to understand you a little bit better in that outsider country genre might listen to?
2: They're not all outsiders, but like Charlie Feathers. Mm. Um,
0: there was a comp we listened to a lot called God Less America that kind of compiled a lot of, like, weirdo country music and, yeah, some some certain songs from artists that were kind of, darker or weirder is I like Eddie, recommend it. like
2: Eddie like one of the best songs would be like uh, Eddie, Eddie Nowak you think I'm psycho don't you mama you think I'm psycho don't you mama you better let them lock me up that one's uh man that one's super weird and it's really good Ugh.
1: oh he did that song Dolores yeah okay. yeah yeah that guy That's why you know okay that one. I know yeah. I, I know a little bit I have some I have some arcane country it. music <laughs> taste myself well your music I mean your rebellion and defiance which has gotten you into trouble a couple of times or maybe 10 times you were <laughs> almost arrested in India once I understand what what happened there
2: uh, well tour is going great and all but we were kind of like didn't know like how to act so we were being very reserved and then the Tour manager we had was like, oh, just do whatever you want. And we played this really wild show at a university there in Chennai, India. And uh, I thought it went great. It went off without a hitch. But like, Cole and Ian kissed each other. And I guess... Didn't go the, over well. The sponsors <laughs> no. of the tour, they called the police. And uh, we just had to get all of our stuff from the hotel. And we took a taxi like 10 hours to the next state. Like all the kids liked it. They thought it was fine, but... I guess who is I guess kissing like man kissing is a big no no there. Yeah. yeah, the bottom fell out of the tour pretty much after that.
1: So Cole, I also understand that you only were once head butted by somebody in the audience at a show in Paris, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We've had like little bits of like rowdy bouncers and fans, a little bit of violence, um, but just kind of part of the territory. It's, it's always kind of to me part of just like the entertainment of it. No no one's ever gotten, like, seriously injured or anything, I don't think.
1: But 20 years in, do you ever get tired of that? You know, the rowdiness or the the risk of, like, oh, I'm going out on a show. This could, you know, I could get my head split.
0: We kind of like the idea of any moment all hell could break loose. That That's kind of a good feeling to incorporate fear and other emotions into the music instead of just happiness. It can be happy and scary at the same time. So that's the edge that you're looking for? Well, it just kind of came naturally, I guess, but, yeah.
1: Yeah. So th- this is something I've heard. You, you've described yourself as having ODD, oppositional, de- <laughs> oppositional yeah, we, defiant disorder, which is a real
2: thing. Yeah, we thought it was a joke. Yeah, we first. thought it was fake, but uh, but it seemed like it described us. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I know it was a real thing. Yeah, you got a band
1: wide diagnosis.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, i uh, seeking treatment right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: somehow don't believe you. Well, as long as you don't tell me to seek treatment. <laughs>
2: yeah, if you see. tell us not to seek treatment, then we will.
1: You, because you do the absolute opposite of what you're being yeah, told to do? Much, yeah,
2: much, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and so you've definitely chosen the right life for yourself because not, you know, if you had oppositional defiance disorder in a lot of jobs, you wouldn't last.
2: Yeah, I would, yeah, I would be toast in a lot of professions. But this one caters to all my disabilities.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, let's talk about your music. Your 2011 album is called Arabia Mountain, referring to uh, the National Heritage Area just outside of Atlanta. This was produced by Mark Ronson. Let's hear just a little bit of one of those songs called Modern Art. The cover photo on this record was taken at Arabia Mountain. Have I got that right? Yeah. yeah. So, so why why this place so central to this record?
2: People were always asking us when we were touring that at that album what the name meant. It was a pretty simple answer, like because that's the place where we took the picture. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we that's did. Deep. We did a we did a <laughs> Middle Eastern
0: tour, which is just kind of coincidental around that time. But that was right so around the time of, of the Arab
1: Spring, wasn't it? I mean, that that's yeah. what I was thinking. Twenty eleven.
0: Yeah, it was kind of in the
2: air a little bit, I think. We spent a couple of years trying to get our tour booked in the Middle East. We had to actually postpone it for a year because uh, we were going out of Damascus. We had gone to the Syrian embassy in Washington, D.C. to get you know the clearance for all the stuff, and the person booking the tour was in Damascus.
1: Pretty crazy. I mean, a pretty crazy knack for timing, I guess, in that yeah.
2: case. We were all approved
0: to go in and everything, but
2: yeah, then... But we switched our home base to Beirut after that.
1: My guests are Atlanta natives Jared Swilly and Cole Alexander. In other words, the founders of Black Lips, one of the Georgia bands headlining the upcoming Shaky Knees Music Festival. And we're catching up with them while they're on tour from Portland, Maine. You told us earlier that the album you're working on is a country album. So is this the first time you're making a full record in a particular style?
2: Yeah, this new one's the first time we've ever had any sort of kind of a concept before. Usually there's no rhyme or reason to it, but this one we kind of want it to be more... Rootsy and stuff like that.
1: Well, it's interesting that you say that because that the record that you did uh, it was produced by Sean Lennon. Satan's graffiti or God's art. Uh, I think it was Pitchfork. They said it was a concept album while making a complete mockery of the medium.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of that's pretty spot on. Because I think Sean was like said something about us making a concept record, but our concept was uh, nothing. Yeah.
0: It seemed like we were making a concept, but we weren't, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, let's hear a little bit from there. This is uh, the song Occidental Front, and Yoko Ono, of all people, sings a little bit on this song.
0: Yeah.
1: So working with Sean Lennon, mean, you've also worked with Mark Ronson. You've worked with Patrick Carney from The Black Keys. What is it like working with these, you know, musicians, producers rather, that bring so much to the table and not just in terms of their history, but, you know, a level of fame?
2: Mark Rotson was our first uh, experience working with a producer. And honestly, I didn't really know what a producer did before that. And Mark really changed the way I looked at it because he brought so much to the table. And I really was like, oh, now I get what people have producers
0: yeah he opened our ears and minds to working with them in the future after that
1: what does yeah, that yeah. what does that mean like what kind of things did you do that you hadn't done on records before
2: well I'll do more than one or two takes on a, on a track <laughs> yeah. uh, having outside perspective is yeah just gonna... yeah it's like having a like a coach yeah and he
0: brought in the instrumentation like he brought in like a saw player and, and st- Horn players and stuff like that, so that kind of opened our minds to new ideas. We kind of met Sean through Mark, so it kind of all fell into place. So, what
1: was it like having Yoko in the studio with you, or did she do her track separately?
2: Oh no, she was in the studio every day. She was probably in there for like nine or ten days because we were living at their house the whole time. We were there for like a month.
1: Okay, this is a whole new dimension.
2: So, I mean, it was at first it was really surreal because you know she's so iconic and we're sitting in her kitchen with her. <laughs> but uh she was she's really really cool. After a while like the it, it wore off because the first day I'm like, you know, dang, Yoko Ono's sitting right there. <laughs> we're just eating sandwiches. Uh, but then yeah, that that wore off. She's really cool and far out.
1: Such uh, a great, such an amazing voice to have on that record, too.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah, she still can belt it out for an 80 something year old. Yeah,
0: she's like a master scream, screamer. Mm.
1: <laughs> okay, so I heard a little bit of a rumor about somebody else that you might be working with. Um, anything you want to tell us about that?
0: Um, we recently did a jam with uh, Kesha.
2: It was a song. Spent yeah. a little time in the studio with her. Um, I don't know what'll you know come with it and stuff, but it's not done it. we, yet. We so. did like a tour with her last year. Mm-hmm. We just kind of we met her at Coachella years ago, and it seems like an odd pairing but we kind of just hit it off with her years ago and we've stayed buddies ever since and we've always talked about doing stuff together yeah she's from
0: Nashville and her mom was like a songwriter she wrote songs like Johnny Cash and stuff so she actually has a lot of roots in kind of southern music which was kind of fitting for what we're doing right now with the country
2: themed record
1: that's so interesting I actually I'm just trying to imagine what the the union of the two of you would sound like Kesha and and Black Lips
2: yeah it's like country stuff
0: it sounds, it sounds yeah, real good. More rootsy than pop, I'd say, but yeah. But I'm oh, so cool. excited
1: to hear the record. In fact, is there anything from the new record that you are able to share with us yet, or is it all unmixed and all raw? Yeah, it's,
2: it just finished getting mixed, and right now it's in the mastering thing, but we'll be playing a lot of it at uh, Shaking Knees.
1: Oh, okay. That is great to hear. Tell me a little bit more about, like, what is it like to be this, you're a hometown band, even though you've been all over the world and (laughs) thrown out of Chennai or whatever, (laughs) that Shaky Knees. Are you going to show the other bands the ropes here in Atlanta?
2: Oh, we hope to. We hope they'll learn a thing or two from us. Um, (laughs) It's really great to get to play. Last time we played Shaky Knees, we used, uh, we got some kids from Georgia State Art Department to make us a backdrop that looked like the Braves logo. And then the next day like 11 Alive or one of them showed oh, yeah. up on my front porch and like entered me, interviewed me for the news asking if the Braves were going to sue us. They did. <laughs> they but, uh, did? No, they did not. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think they cared. Yeah, they thought it, we made them look cool.
1: Wow. Okay. So all new facets of the Black Lips. Um, so anyone else, you know, any other big names that are going to be there? Beck, Tame, Impala, Tears for Fears, Cage the Elephant, Interpol going to be there. Everybody's Who? Deer Hunter is playing. Uh, Curtis Harding. I'm
2: looking Curtis forward Harding. to Curtis Harding and Deer Hunter. Well, Basically we, all the local bands.
1: We are so glad that you're going to be coming back. Really, really appreciate your time today.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm um, town hauler.
1: Jared Swilly and Cole Alexander, Atlanta natives and founders of the band Black Lips, currently on a short U.S. tour, but they're going to be hitting the stage at the upcoming Shaky Knees Music Festival. And they join me from the studio in Portland, Maine. Again, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks so for having you. us. We're going to leave you with another Black Lips song. This is Oh, Katrina. On Second Thought is produced by Amelia Brock, Leighton Rowell, and The Raven Taylor. Jesse nicewanger is our engineer. Don Smith, our dean of grammar, and Amy Kylie is our senior producer. Sarah Shariari is managing editor for GPB News. And you can always join our conversations going on on our Facebook group, GPB Radio's On Second Thought. We're on Twitter, at OST Talk. Or you can email us, onsecondthought at gpb.org. I'm Virginia Prescott. Have a great weekend, y'all, and we'll see you on Monday with more On Second Thought.